the La Crosse Public Library Archives presents Dark Lacrosse Stories, a series in collaboration with the La Crosse Tribune. Dark Lacrosse is a suite of programs that feature the seedier side of lacrosse history and also include a downtown walking tour, a trolley tour, and an annual stage production with new content each year. My name is Detective John Cody, born June 22, 1837, in Tipperary, Ireland. I've worked in law enforcement in lacrosse nearly my entire life. My family arrived in town by ox team from Chicago in 1853, and we settled in our home, which is now Oak Grove Cemetery. I was 15 years old. There was no police department back at the time when I was hired at to be one of Lacrosse's night watchmen. As a watchman, I'd walk back and forth between the four corners of the city throughout the night, and on the hour, would call out that peace was being maintained. I'd shout, nine o'clock and all is well, or three a.m. and all is well. Not much in the way of crime prevention, but it did let any hooligans know that someone was awake and alert and taking notice of any crooked behavior. I succeeded John Turner as city marshal in 1862. Of course, this was a river town, and river towns are full of tough characters. There were lots of brawls and rows because the lumberjacks persisted on getting drunk and starting fights. In many ways, those ugly brawlers helped across quite a bit uh, in the way of fines and so on. Just about every night, these jacks would get drunk, start fighting, break a few things. We'd haul them in and they'd sleep it off in jail. In the morning, they'd pay a fine, and that was the daily routine of business around here. And, well, business was booming. Now, some weren't so harmless. David Mills, Frank Gale, and his men, for example, were the Tower of the River. They were desperados of the deepest dye. Some would say they were the cause of death for nearly 20 men up and down the river. They'd stroll into a saloon and demand anything they happened to want. They'd help themselves to anything from whiskey to the till in the drawer. The paper were in constant terror of these men. A.W. Pettibone, the mayor at the time, had enough of Mills, Gale, and his cronies, and he ordered them all banned for the city. They were given 24 hours to hightail it out of here. Mills and Gale got into an altercation with the saloon owner on the prairie south of town called the Red Light. They started shooting up the place, and by the time I got there, Gale was backing out the door with a gun in each hand. Somebody fired a shot, Mills dropped dead right in his tracks with a hole right in the middle of his forehead. He was killed instantly. Gale and the bartender were firing back and forth at each other. Gale eventually backing out of the door in a blaze of lead, and he managed to hide behind a tree. Well, I was able to sneak up on Gale while he was reloading. I took him down. We struggled, but I eventually disarmed him. I hauled him to jail, and there he sat for over a year until we finally had to let him go. Believe it or not, there wasn't enough evidence against him for any of the crimes he committed. <laughs> then there was the fight with Big Pete Gullen, who was the foreman for Mr. Hickson. 
Old Pete was a friend of mine, but one spring he come out of the woods and got to drinking in the various saloons on Front Street. Well, Petey got into a batch of bad whiskey, and he started getting real loud and causing a stir. I was called in, and I tried to calm Pete down, but instead of the friendly exchange I was expecting, big old Pete wound up his massive fist and gave me a mighty wallop. I, I think I flew 20 feet before landing. I got up as soon as my wits recovered, and oh, man, was it on. He was at me like a wildcat, and in the fight that followed, he tore everything I had, even my trousers, to ribbons. Finally, I was able to subdue him with my billy club, and I got him to the station. Later in the day, Mr. Hickson come to see me, and he asked me to let his foreman out, and I told him Pete was way too drunk to let go. Hickson wanted to go over to the jail to see about making Pete comfortable for the night. Well... Big Pete Gullen saw us coming, and he rushed at the iron bars of his cell like a lion possessed by demons. He shook them violently, and he was screaming to be let out. Mr. Hickson stopped dead in his tracks. He stood there in disbelief, in complete silence, until he finally leaned over to me and whispered, I don't think we should let Pete out just yet, John. <laughs> well, I completely agreed. Pete spent the whole night until he sobered up after he paid his fine and was released. Pete went all around town and discovered what he had done. When he found out that he had destroyed all my clothes in the row he had made, he insisted on buying me a complete new outfit and presented me with a $20 gold piece. Pete was a good guy. Just a mean drunk, that's all. The marshal system was replaced by the La Crosse Police Department in 1870. I would join the force as a patrolman in 1884. I made detective 14 years later. I did a good job and was well respected among the force. But uh, I am not saying mistakes weren't made. I never forget the time when Mrs. Howard asked that her 15-year-old daughter be sent to reform school as she was... Uh, been away for home for, for several days, and she didn't know where her, her whereabouts. A warrant was issued for the young lass. At the time, I had sent a girl in as a witness to a theft. Chief Burden saw her and asked if she was the Howard girl. Well, she thought he said hired girl, and when she answered yes, they put her in a cell thinking she was the lost Howard girl. She spent a day and the night in the cell and was finally taken to court. The case opened and Judge Brinley said, Is your name Howard? Uh, no, sir, my name is Colby. Then Mrs. Howard, Judge Brinley asked, Isn't that your daughter? Ike nine, came the reply. The poor Colby girl was let go. <laughs> well, they did find the Howard girl working for a family in town. Yes, well, mistakes were made. But mostly we managed to keep a trite lid on this raucous little river town of ours. John Cody would retire from police work at the age of 70. He died nine years later at his home at 417 Division Street, survived by two daughters. When word of his death was telephoned to the police department, a cloud of sadness descended upon the entire force. The soft-spoken Irish lawman with the courage of a lion had passed. 
On June 25, 1975, the great-great-great-grandson of John Cody was installed as a patrolman for the La Crosse Police Department. He retired in 2007. And now I would like to welcome in Barry McKnight, the Programming and Community Engagement Coordinator for the La Crosse Public Library and former member of the Archives Department, who did some of the initial research for this story. For me, personally, one of the most interesting things about doing research for Dark La Crosse was to delve into the stories of the La Crosse Police Department. La Crosse, for much of its life, was a pretty rough town. The police were trained on the job, and it often took a special kind of man to navigate the bars, brothels, and alleys of the city. Keeping order often meant physical confrontations. Some, like others that have been featured in Dark Lacrosse stage stories, were very comfortable using their fists first. Detective John Cody, though, was something different. I found him fascinating in a number of ways. He was here in the city almost from the beginning and lasted on the force well into the 20th century. He had served as a city marshal before there was a police force and later joined the department after its formation, first as a patrolman and then rising to detective. Imagine the changes to the city he had seen. Imagine all the folks from all walks of life he had encountered over the years. This charming and brave Irish immigrant. He was well-liked, loved even. All the stories that circulated about him reflected that. Brave but never brash. Tough but never cruel. The newspapers over the years were full of colorful stories and anecdotes about him. He was beloved. One story about him that I loved didn't make it into the Dark Lacrosse show script or the piece you heard earlier. It was told at his funeral by Captain Larry Duggan. It happened on July 4, 1907, when Cody was 69 years of age and only had one year left before he retired and took his pension. Due to his age and health, Cody had been relieved of most active duty work, spending his time on investigations where there was little chance of violence. That Independence Day was busy, though, and when a call came in about an incident of domestic violence, all the other officers were out of the station. Cody headed to the scene, grabbing his shillelagh, a blackthorn walking stick, on his way out of the station. When he tried to bring in the assailant, a young, husky, and inebriated fellow resisted arrest, mocking the aged Cody and his ability to bring him in. Cody broke his walking stick over the abuser's head and hauled him into jail by the ear, all the while bemoaning the loss of his treasured cane. Thanks for listening. <laughs>